Agua. I want to talk to you about something that's really important. So I did a Google search, right? And what this tells me and is going to surely tell you is that it's not news in the United States to say something offensive about Latinos, about, you know, Latinos, Hispanics living in America, because it happens all the time. In fact, I just did a Google search and I went on here and I put offensive comments about Latinos. And I hit Google and I put news to see if there's any news stories that somebody had recently said. You know what I found? Nothing. Buckus. Nothing. Not one news hit on an offensive comment about a Latino, at least not in the last, oh, year or so. Now, do you think that's because nobody is saying anything offensive about Latinos? Or do you think it's because it's not even news anymore? when somebody says something offensive about Latinos. It's the latter, because I can take you right now in prime time to Fox News, and I would show you not one, not two, not three, not four, but 10 different comments that are offensive about Latinos. I could take you to OAN. I could take you to Newsmax. I could turn on the radio right now. Let's go for a drive. Turn on the radio. Put on some of these uh, right-wing news talk shows. And see what they say, because it's offensive. It's horribly offensive. In fact, the things they say about Latinos, if they said that about any other group in the United States, oh, it would be news. In fact, right now, I could put a, I could do a Google search on just about any other person in the United States outside of Latinos, and you'd find a news story where somebody offended somebody who is from another, perhaps, demographic. So what is that? And, and, and what is it where every day it seems to get worse and worse? I mean, th- this is the reason I'm doing this. I mean, uh, look, I'm Rick Sanchez. I've spent my life doing news. I've worked at NBC. I've worked at CNN. I've worked at Fox. I've never seen it like this. And it's about everything. They will say things they used to whisper, but now it's out loud. Oh, yeah, that we are criminals that we don't pay taxes, that we come here illegally to vote for some reason. Hundreds of thousands of us, by the way. Look, we could start with John Kelly. I mean, worked for the president of the United States. He says Latinos are not capable of assimilating. They're also not people that would easily assimilate into the United States. They're uh, overwhelmingly rural people. In the countries they come from, fourth, fifth, sixth grade educations are kind of the norm. You know what's funny? He says Latinos can't assimilate. So in other words, the Italians came here and assimilated. The Germans came here and assimilated. uh, The Irish came here and assimilated. Everybody's come here to the United States and assimilated. But somehow, we're not capable of assimilating. Well, guess what? There are studies to this, as there usually are. Princeton put out a study. It's called the Massey Study. And what it found is that Latinos are assimilating linguistically and culturally, just as fast, if not faster, than any other group that's ever come to the United States. Now, I got to tell you something. As the CEO and host of Agua Media, the only Latino content and information network that isn't owned by the Democrats or the Republicans or anybody else for that matter, it's owned by us. I need to tell you something. And I need to say something so the Democrats can hear me and the corporations can hear me and the media can hear me and certainly the Republicans who are probably the worst at insulting Latinos right now because it's what they use to drive their audiences and to monetize, to make money. 
And here it is. And it's very simple. I don't take welfare. My parents never took welfare. I don't vote in elections unless I'm legally registered to do so. This one's important. I'm not a rapist. And I'm not a criminal. I'm a U.S. citizen. And I speak English as well as anybody out there. And one more thing. I pay more than my share of taxes. Way, way more. And that's not just me. Those things that I just said represent Latinos in the United States today. That is the truth. But is this what you hear if you live in America about me or people like me? You know, us beaners, us oyes, us Latinos, whatever you want to call us. The names are okay. It's the accusations that really hurt. Let's see, which lie should we start with? How about this one? We're all criminals. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. You know, that line about rape is particularly interesting, especially coming from a man who's being accused of sexual offenses by 18 women, including rape. Hmm. Really? You see, again, this is the kind of stuff that used to be whispered, but now they just say it out loud. Take Ann Coulter, for example. These are not people who have a right to be here. So I don't care if there are two rapists. I don't care if there are two people coming in who are collecting welfare. Immigration is a government policy like any other, and it ought to be used to benefit the people already living here. There should not be any criminals coming in. To be bringing in people who are felons, can't we cross that off the list? Boy, she... <laughs> this is a woman who hates Mexicans. Just say it, Ann. Go ahead. Say, I hate Mexicans. You might as well. It's in just about everything else you say. How about taxes? If you're Latino, did you know? Then you don't pay any taxes in this country. You're the only ones who don't have to pay taxes. Everybody else does. But they pay in taxes. They pay $24 billion who pays in, in taxes? taxes. Do you really believe they pay in they taxes? Pay they pay Social Security, state, and okay. local. Yeah. What percentage of them? 10%? It's $24 billion a year Excuse this me. economy Excuse wouldn't me. have if they were Do you know here. how few pay taxes, Aaron? Don't be naive. Do you think that an illegal immigrant getting money is going to be paying taxes? Okay, sure. Some probably do, only because the employers are insisting on it, okay? But there's very little, percentage wise, there's very little, probably 5%, 10%. It's a very small amount pay taxes, Aaron. And then there's this. Latinos come here to the United States, hundreds of thousands of them, for every presidential election. They're sent here by some mysterious force. And they come in huge caravans. And then they cross the border and they vote illegally. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of elections are steered by Latinos who come here just to vote. They don't come to the United States to look for a better life. They don't come to the United States because things in their country are so bad, oftentimes because of our foreign policy that made it bad. No, 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 no. They're just sitting around bored somewhere in Honduras and somewhere in uh, Chiapas, Mexico, or uh, somewhere in Guatemala. And then suddenly they get a memo that says you have to get in a, on, a, a, on a caravan now and go to the United States and vote. And then they do that because that's really what they need to do. Really? <laughs> Here it is. Well, we're watching you know, millions of illegal immigrants cross our borders uh, and many of them uh, voting uh, in the uh, past election. Now, despite the fact that most Latinos over-index in both jobs and job creation, and the fact that if you happen to be not documented, you can't even apply for any relief, except for some small programs that allow you, if you're a child 
of someone who came from Mexico or some other country, if you're a small child, you are allowed to get some food relief, very small amount from the government in some states, California, for example. But take away that. If you come to the United States and you're not documented, you cannot get welfare. You cannot apply for welfare. There is no welfare for you. And yet, despite that, that's a fact. We constantly hear this BS. That if we were cut, to cut down on the number of illegal aliens that are here in the United States, we would save billions of dollars. You know what's interesting about all of this? When you hear those things, these are stories proliferated by Hollywood that are turned into viewer bait by the right. And by the way, get no reprieve from the left. When was the last time you heard MSNBC or CNN fight back on some of these lies? I mean, really fight back. I mean, with context, right? Where they go in and say, this was said, but let's look at the facts. No. They'd rather just accuse the Republicans or the other side, whoever that might be, of saying something bad. But they don't really look into it and break it down for you and tell you what the truth is. Because they kind of don't care. Joining us now to talk about this is Alex Narastan. He's with the Cato Institute, interestingly enough, and they've just done a study on this. Remember, the Cato Institute um, is an organization that's libertarian. So they're certainly not liberal, right? And they went in and they looked at all of these myths about Latinos and they tried to actualize them. They tried to see if it's true or not. And they came out with a study. So we have him on to talk about these, to see what his study actually found. And if any of these myths about Latinos are true. So when I called you, you said, yeah, I'll do this with you. And then you realize you're in a hotel and that maybe the uh, Wi-Fi connection is not so good. Yeah, that's right. I've also got like, you know, old old people's uh, Wi-Fi here with my folks. So, uh, you know, they have different requirements than I do. <laughs> it's going to be one of those strange sounds ding, 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 every time we try to connect or something. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm reading, you're one of the top experts on immigration, and you don't really come at it from the left because, well, you're a libertarian. So you are the perfect person to ask this question. Often, what we hear about Latino immigrants in America is that they're takers, that too many Latinos are on welfare, that we're mostly just got here last week or something, and we're more apt to commit crimes and as we talked earlier, that we're also more apt to be in traffic accidents. Is any of that true? None of it's true, right? I mean, like, uh, when you take a look at crime data, take a look at welfare data, you take a look at drunk driving accident data in the United States, you know, immigrants are much less likely to be involved in all of these than the native-born Americans. And, you know, the largest immigrant group in the United States are, uh, you know, Hispanics or Latinos, right, from Spanish-speaking countries. So it, it's just not something that is a problem. It's something that is, you know, wildly exaggerated. You know, there's always bad individuals out there. But as a group, on average, I think people should relax. <laughs> it's going great. Yeah, let's take them one at a time. Let's start with crime. Because we do hear a lot from a lot of people, including the gentleman who used to be the president of the United States, when he came down that famous escalator and he essentially said this. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems. 
and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. How far off was he when he made that statement? Is there any justification at all in that statement? Zero that I can find, right? So we take a look at the data nationwide, all incarcerations in the United States. Illegal immigrants are 41% less likely to be incarcerated than native-born Americans, 41% less likely. And that includes people in immigration detention, right? People who, you know, like you and I, I can't commit an immigration offense, right? I'm a native-born American. Mm -hmm. I, I can't break immigration laws. So when you take a look at this, the non-immigration offenses, right? You break those out, then illegal immigrants have incarceration rate like just a smidge above legal immigrants and about 95% below native-born Americans. I mean, you talk about a law-abiding portion of the population. I would love to have illegal immigrants as my neighbors. The chance that they're going to commit crimes against me is so much less than my fellow natives. So wait, did I just hear you say that undocumented immigrants have a crime rate that is 95% below that of most Americans? Yeah, if you cut out all of the immigration offenses, right? So you're just taking a look at people who are in prison for real crimes, mm -hmm. about 95% below native-born Americans. That is an amazing statistic that flies in the face of everything we hear, especially on some specific conservative outlets who say the opposite of what you just said Every single day. They do, you know, they, and they focus, there's, you know, 10 to 12 million illegal immigrants, right? In, in any large group of people, you're going to have criminals, you're going to have scumbags, right? Mm -hmm. And what I find is they focus on the individual story, but they don't ever look at the evidence. They don't ever look at the data. And when you do that, it's very, very clear. If you want to get control of crime in the United States, and crime is a problem, right? You do not want to focus on illegal immigrants because the bang for your buck is going to be worse than focusing on native-born Americans or other groups. Latinos tend to all be on welfare. They're takers, <laughs> and they're using up all of our resources. True or not true? Not true. And when we narrow down and take a look at immigrants in the United States, and it's hard to divide it up by race or ethnicity, when it comes to the welfare statistics. But when you take a look at it, the best way you can, immigrants use 28% less welfare than native-born Americans on a per capita basis, right? So that's 28% less of all of these programs, which account for about 60% of all federal spending. So like the average native-born American consumes $8,000 a year in welfare. Mm -hmm. The average immigrant, 5700 so that's a huge difference. Can somebody who arrived in the United States recently even get welfare? Very, very few programs, right? So uh, if you're a legal immigrant and you've been here for less than five years, you basically have access to no means-tested welfare benefits. You said legal. Very, legal. Yeah, legal. Yeah, legal. You have access to almost no benefits. You don't have any access to any of these programs for the first five years with very few exceptions. You know, one exception would be what's called Women's Infant and Children Program. It's called WIC. The average consumption is about $20 a year on that. That's basically like a little bit of cash aid for pregnant women and women with small children. It's one of the smallest welfare programs. 
And some states allow you to get Medicaid and emergency Medicaid. But illegal immigrants have even less access than these legal immigrants, right? They have access to a little bit of WIC and even less Medicaid than legal immigrants do. So they basically don't have any access to these programs legally to begin with. And even when they do have access, they are less likely to use it. And when they do use it, they use it for a shorter period of time than native-born Americans. The welfare problems in this country are not imported. They are homegrown. So in other words, the people who are on welfare in the United States tend to be people who have been living in the United States for many, many, many years. Their entire lives, right? I mean, it's native-born Americans are the people who use and abuse these welfare programs in this country, right? And, you know, it's no surprise. You know, I'm a libertarian. I'm at the Cato Institute. I'm skeptical of all welfare for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. But when we take a look at who is really using these programs, it's not immigrants. It's not people who voluntarily moved across the world to a different culture to go on food stamps. That's not how it works. Like they come here to work their butts off and to send money back home to their families, but also for themselves. They're not the people who are using welfare. So just to be clear, what I just heard you say is that according to U.S. law, the way it's stipulated right now, even after you get to the United States and you become a legal immigrant, you get your documents, your paperwork, you still have to wait five years in most instances to be eligible for most welfare programs. That's correct. Nobody can come here, get off the boat, get off the plane, get off the bus legally and have access to these programs. That's not how the law works. Five years is a long time. <laughs> it is. And, and what it means, right, is the people who come here cannot rely on welfare. They know they can't when they come here, right? So these are the types of people who, uh, you know, economists and social scientists say self-selection. The people who self-select to come are the hard workers who are making the investment in the future for themselves and for their families. They're not people who want to come here and live in public housing and get food stamps because they can't. <laughs> but we're told too often, and there doesn't seem to be enough of a resistance against this. Maybe we need more Alex's, right? Maybe we need more Cato Institutes out there to be able to just put the facts out there. I mean, that's, I think, what anybody would want. Just give me the facts. Because what we hear today is immigrants, and usually that means Latinos, more apt to commit crimes, more apt to have DUIs, more apt to be on welfare, and more apt to, here's the weird one as far as I'm concerned, come here to vote illegally. What? Yeah. Can you imagine, right? Somebody paying a smuggler ten to $20,000 to come here so they can cast a ballot, you know, be one of 200 million voters in a U.S. election. Like, give me a break. For one thing, most people- That's a long way to come to, to vote for Sleepy Joe, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's, it's, a long, it's a long way to come to, like, you know, vote for anybody, right? I mean, unless you're the guy, you know, your vote is deciding the election- that is a waste of your time, right, to, to do that. They got better things to do, you know, like working. So, right. So the motivation isn't there. The impetus isn't there. We, I mean, anybody who's Latino and has, as my mother would say, dos dedos alante la frente, two fingers that they can see in front of their head, would know that this doesn't make any sense. But yet, 
We deal with this story all the time. We heard recently that hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants voted in the last election. How untrue is that, Alex? It's 100% untrue. There was a study that was published in a journal that tried to make that claim. And based on a survey, and it surveyed people who are non-citizens, who are citizens, who are illegal immigrants. But the funny thing is, if you know anything about surveys, you know a large number of people answer the boxes incorrectly. And how you know that is if you dig into this survey, almost all the people who said they were illegal immigrants who voted also said they were born in the United States. Now, you cannot be an illegal immigrant and born in the United States. So what's going on there is there's a statistical error. And as a result, you have this really crazy myth out there that somehow illegal immigrants are uh, voting in grossly disproportionate numbers in a lot of conservative states, which just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't wash. It also doesn't match up with voting numbers at all. So according to your research, what percentage of undocumented immigrants are voting in U.S. elections? There is no statistical difference between the numbers of illegal immigrants voting and zero. It's basically zero. Let's move to another area of concern for a lot of people. And this is another one of those things that we hear all the time. They're all coming over the border and they live here. And unlike us, they don't pay any taxes. This is one of the most persistent myths out there. First thing, if you rent property or you buy things, you're paying property taxes and you're paying sales taxes. Let me explain that to folks, because some people think, well, wait, if you're renting, how are you paying property taxes? Would you explain that to our uh, listeners? Yes. So a portion of that rent is being set aside by the landowner to pay taxes. In the same way, when you go and buy uh, you know, a pack of cigarettes at the store, you know, you're paying a price at the checkout counter, but a portion of that is going to federal excise taxes on tobacco and a portion of that is going to state excise taxes on tobacco. And another portion is going to sales taxes. Let's go back to the premises here. A, Latinos are said to be criminals or more apt to be criminals. You say, eh, not true. Latinos supposedly are takers who are on welfare. You have shown, eh, not true. At least not comparatively speaking. Latinos go out and vote despite the fact that they're not citizens. Eh, not true. All of these things that we are talking about tend to be targeted toward one particular cohort, the Latino cohort in the United States. Now, I know darn well that we're not the only immigrants who come to this country. There are other kinds of immigrants that come to this country. There are Asian immigrants, European immigrants. There are Canadians, by the way. But yet, whenever we hear these arguments, we know they're only talking about one type of person. Why is that, Alex? I think the number one reason is the public perception of chaos, right? So you take a look at a place like the southern border, right? And you have a large number of illegal immigrants trying to cross at any given time. Mm -hmm. and, and when people see that kind of chaos, they see that disorderliness, I do think the reaction of most people is they want to crack down. Mm -hmm. And they want to throw police at it and they want to throw border walls up and they want to they want to regulate it. And then they blame those people who are crossing for all types of problems. And I'm going to stop you for a minute and say, I understand that. 
I understand. I would want order as well. I would understand that people would see that people are coming nilly-willy to the United States and they would say we shouldn't have people coming over nilly-willy to the United States. There's nothing wrong with that argument. But how does it then jump through all these other hoops and turn into they're all criminals, they all cheat, they all don't pay taxes? I think that's that's kind of related, right? Like you, you, you have this perception that there's a large group of people who are being disorderly and there's chaotic on the border, right? Like I think that's caused by the bad immigration laws and right? the bad incentives. But the result is also a lot of people who respond to those bad incentives and those bad rules by breaking the rules, by breaking the laws, and that does cause a, a chaos, right? And most of the people crossing the border are, you know, Hispanic. They are Latino. They are trying to. Not all of them, of course, but most are. And so people attach that perception of chaos to an entire ethnic group that's, you know, 55, 60 million people in the United States. And that's incredibly unfair. So it's optics. There's a picture of people crossing the border, but there doesn't seem to be a picture of all the thousands and thousands of people who come here from Europe and overstay their visas. Yeah, that's right. There's not that perceptions of chaos, right? There's not a, a disorderly border that they're crossing over. They're flying in and overstaying their visas, right? But it's hidden. And if things are hidden like that, it's not as disorderly, right? Like when we talk about the drug war, right? And the disorder caused by drug prohibition and everything else, right? There's a big difference between some teenagers buying weed from their friends in the parking lot at high school and people in the inner cities buying heroin and killing each other with machine guns, right? Now, it's both illegal, but one is hidden, one is not as chaotic-seeming, one is not as related to other serious crimes. The other one is more chaotic, and that makes people much more afraid of it. It's like... If the people crossing the border right now were all Chinese, and that was the perception, a lot of the perception of Americans, I think, would switch from being afraid of Hispanic and Latino immigrants to being more afraid of Chinese immigrants. That's the point. And much of it, as we just heard, the way you just described it, is based on optics. It's based on appearances. That's not reality. But unfortunately, in a democracy, right, like I'm a fan of democracy, But democracy, it's what people think is true that matters. It's not what actually is true, right? We don't have a test on facts. It's about the perceptions. Wow. Think about what you just said there, because that leads me to maybe the final and most important part of this conversation. How responsible is the media for perpetuating these myths? I actually don't blame the media very much. The media gives people what they want to see. And if people didn't want to see what the media was selling them, they wouldn't be uh, they wouldn't be doing that. Like partly the media is responsible. You know, they have to pick some of the images. But if the media picked the wrong images that people didn't want to see, the media would go out of business. So mm. it's partly the media's fault, right? That's the supply side. But the demand side is it's my fault as a media consumer because this is the stuff I want to see. I don't want to see everything as peaceful and hunky dory because that's boring. But I really can't blame the companies, right? Because they just give me what I want. They want to make money. I can't blame them for that. I have spent my whole life as a journalist trying to get to the bottom of what is a fact, what is true, what is reality. And what you're saying is, as long as there is conflict and as long as there is fear, that will trump the facts. And especially when it comes to immigration. Of course. It's the way that we are hardwired as human beings. If things are good and everything's great, who wants to read about that? Final question. What do we as people who know the truth 
and are hoping to be able to espouse it or at least share it, what do we do to be, to conquer that? There are people who just want to hear stuff that isn't true because it satiates. I think the first thing is to be aware of that and to also be aware that we ourselves have that inclination and that bias. And as a result, we need to be skeptical of our feelings and our reactions and our thoughts to these things. And we need to always, before coming up with an opinion or coming to a decision, we need to look at what the facts are and need to analyze it ourselves. And what that means, right, is that on a lot of issues, we shouldn't have an opinion (laughs) because we haven't done the work to know. And that is so counterintuitive Hmm. that... I don't know how to make that work. But but the number one thing is just be aware of it and be skeptical of your own reactions to things. And if you do that, I think you're 90% of the way there. And you're known as one of the foremost experts on immigration in the United States. And to hear you explain it, it's going to be a while until we get to the truth. Probably forever. <laughs> Thank you. Keeps- very much for that optimism. <laughs> hey, I'm just telling you the truth, man. I'm not going to tell you what makes you happy. <laughs> That's okay. We certainly appreciate it. Well, I'll tell you what. This has really been a great conversation. And I am so grateful that you uh, found time to join us, especially since you had to get through your dad's dial-up and this. <laughs> Okay, so look, here's what you need to know. If you're Latino or or someone else who feels left out by this system, I want to fight for you. I want to fight for you. Check me out here or subscribe or go to my podcast. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. By the way, we're going to do this in English and we're going to do this in Spanish. Somebody's got to put context on this BS Follow me. Tell your friends. We're starting something new here. And it's called Rick Sanchez News. There's also Rick Sanchez News in Espanol, by the way. So I want everybody to hear the message. It's called Fighting Back. And we need to do this. Vamos. It's all about the attitude.